Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. This is Steve, and this is episode 27 of the Hammerlock Hangover. We're going to talk about wrestling, all kinds of stuff on today's episode, talking about Mickey James, garbage bags, WWE financials, what's the future of live shows, Sarai's debut on NXT, why John Moxley is an idiot. I know that's not surprising to you guys who are usually listening to us. Um, but without further ado, let me introduce my usual partner in crime here. That is Jeff. Jeff, what's up, my man? What's going on, everyone? I heard that Marcus Carino is all elite. Marcus Carino is all elite. And his finishing uh, move is, uh, I guess, sending your garbage to you in the mail. That's right. It's called the, the hefty dump. The, the hefty dump. That's. I think that's going to be the title of our our episode this week. Is the hefty dump? We got that um, out early. That's awesome. There we go. I know it's usually like such a struggle to be like, what should we title the 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 podcast for this week? And the hefty dump is is a good a good one, dude. Every um, one of these episodes, all the original feeds are NFTs. These are non fungible <laughs> tokens. That's right. It's like Dogecoin. We're all going to the. There we go. Good job. See, we this is we're we're a we're a slam dunk team right now. That's right. We're checking things off our box quickly. Absolutely. And guys, before we get into Mickey James and the garbage bags and all that other wrestling good stuff, I want to shout out the Wrestling Soup Network. Mish uh, has been so gracious to add Hammerlock Hangover to the Wrestling Soup Network of podcasts on Spreaker. Yes, you can find now the Hammerlock Hangover associated, affiliated with the Wrestling Soup Network. All you have to do is find the Hammerlock Hangover feed that says Wrestling Soup Network and make sure that you subscribe to that, follow that feed. That's the one that you're going to get. You're not only going to get Wrestling Soup, but you're also going to hear Jeff. You're going to hear get some episodes of Garden of Doom. That's Jeff's podcast he's going to give you a little bit of a tease on what you can find on garden of doom if you don't already listen to it it's worth a worth a hefty listen um jeff what 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 is garden of doom school school the hammerlock hangover fans on garden of doom wow you think if i've been doing a show for a year i would have a good short description for it i don't just as a little point of correction you, we are on the Wrestling Soup Network, which is great. You won't get Wrestling Soup automatically, but we encourage you to subscribe to Wrestling Soup uh, and also check out the other sh shows that are on the Wrestling Soup Network as well. Absolutely. Um, they're, they're all great shows. The reason why Garden of Doom and Hammerlock Hangover are, are on the same feed is because we get one feed on their network. So if you want to check out Garden of Doom, and I hope that you do, and I encourage you to do so, you're going to get it. It's going to start dropping. And you can you can also see the uh, whole catalog. There's 40-something shows uh, there, and it's sort of all over the place. Um, actually, there's not going to be all 40 shows because it's, they're going to be the ones that I was doing mostly as a solo act um, with guests, but without my former co-host. So it's probably closer to 25 shows or so that are there. And it's all over the place. I mean, we'll do... Uh, things about religion. We'll do things about 
horror movies. We'll do movie reviews. Uh, I'll have, uh, I had an Egyptian uh, magician guy on there. I had someone talking about giants on the islands of Aruba and Bonaire and Curacao. Uh, I had uh, a guy, well, a couple of people actually talking about the hollow earth. So you, you name it, we've got it. So, but if you want alternate science combined with real science, fact, fiction, mythology, sort of anywhere my zany brain takes us, you'll get it. Um, but check it out. More importantly, if you don't want it, just delete it. It's going to come anyway. If, you, if you're not interested, delete it. I mean, I hope you don't, but delete it. It's it's not necessary if you know you're just a wrestling fan. So minor inconvenience in the world, but it helps us. No no con here. The more people who listen on the feed, it helps us with our uh, ability to potentially monetize. Um, and the more business we do, or the more listens we do, it's good for the entire network. So you know there it is, straight up. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. That was our cheap plug. Now that we got that sucker out the way, again, thanks to Mish, thanks to the Wrestling Soup Network, and thanks thank you, to Mish. everybody. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, guys. There we go. And thank you to the shout-outs. We got some shout-outs earlier in the week from the other guys on the Wrestling Soup Network, so it was uh, much appreciated. If you guys are avid listeners of Wrestling Soup and you're tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast um, as well. Yeah, this is not a little deal, guys. This, the Wrestling Soup had over 400,000 listens in March alone, um, so or downloads. So, you know, it, it, it took some work, and it was an honor for us to get on there. So check their stuff out. They're, they're, they were like the number 10 all-sports podcasts for the last decade in Apple, some ridiculously impressive matrix like that. So, you know, we, we're going to beat them, though. There's competition, but uh, yeah. Anyway, enough about that. We're, but we're very honored and we're very thankful. And, you know, I don't know how we, you know, managed to get on in that lofty territory in less than one year. But, well, yes, I do. We're that damn good. There you go. That and you're you're very persistent. That's how you ended up with all your hot ex-wives and your hot girlfriend. All of them. All of, all of them. them. Yep. Speaking of uh, hot MILFs, um, let's talk about Mickey James. <laughs> best segue ever thank you let's talk about um what are, what do we want to call this garbage bag gate like earlier in the week if you haven't been schooled on this i mean you must be living under a rock or i don't know uh hiding with john moxley in nicaragua somewhere um mickey james was let go by wwe about a week ago with all these wwe releases episode 26 hammerlock hangover we went in depth with you know where we thought each one of the release names were going to go. And Mickey James, I think it was uh, yesterday, right? Thursday. She tweets out a picture of a garbage bag that came to her house in a cardboard box. And it, <laughs> it had on duct tape her name on it, Mickey. And she's like, thanks, WWE. Thanks, Vince, um, for sending me my stuff back in a garbage bag. Something to that effect. And so they WWE at the same time also had, I guess, right before hours before their financials call uh, earnings re report, uh, this starts trending. So this is a horrible nightmare for WWE brass. 
Stephanie McMahon responds to her and says, oh, you know, we're deeply, uh, you know, embarrassed and embarrassed for you. And this will never happen again. We're going to take measures to make sure this doesn't happen again. Triple H later on uh, tweets out as well that, you know, they're going to hold the person accountable. And by 10 o'clock Eastern time at night, we find out that there's been several people fired. One, most notably, Mark, uh, Mark Carano. He is, uh, you know, one of the big wigs in talent relations. Uh, if you are a, a avid watcher of WWE uh, Divas on E, uh, you will be very familiar with him. He shows up every once in a while. Uh, he's a bit notorious for being a dick. Um, I've heard stories from, I mean, I think it was, um, oh my God, her name is escaping me right now. She's in TNA. Um, Madison Rain? No. Oh, Gail Kim. Uh, Gail Kim. Sorry. Oh, Gail, Gail Kim. Gail Kim has been very vocal about um, how much of a dick this guy is. And, you know, she, she tweeted out also after learning that he got fired that, oh, I hope he, he learns to be better from this. Mickey today also tweeted out, I want to say hours before us recording this, um, she tweeted out an Instagram post with pictures of this long statement saying that she didn't want anyone to get fired, obviously, but definitely this is something that should be rectified, right? This is an, not some a way that people want to be treated after being let go, right? Jeff, what's your thoughts on all this? So many, and I'm not even sure where this starts, so I guess we'll start at the beginning. One, I don't think that Mickey James should have been let go, period. I, I think that, that she had value, if not in the ring. I think she had value in the ring, but if not in the ring, outside of the ring. I think there's plenty of things that she could do. I think she still has gas in the tank. That said, I don't make that call when they release someone. Yeah, she's been around long enough that, that you know, she certainly deserves more thought than that and really anyone deserves more thought than that and you know just to put stuff in a garbage bag and in a box is bad form and you know it was not nice and it's disrespectful on the other hand she's an independent contractor i don't know what she's keeping there i don't know what could possibly be there she hasn't really been in the ring very often so i don't know if she has an assigned locker or what it's not like she was an employee so she doesn't have an office so i'm thinking that her stuff is probably like beauty supplies, probably shampoo, hairspray, uh, makeup, stuff like that, that, that might be partly liquid and maybe a plastic bag makes a little sense. Now, one garbage bag doesn't really resolve that vis-a-vis -vis the other pieces of property. It does prevent it from ruining the shipping box, but you know, you could have put them in separate, um, I don't know, what do you call those, you know, different size lunch bags, Ziplocs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and done that. And I don't know, maybe she had a, maybe she had some wrestling gear there, maybe a, a change of, for street clothes, some wrestling boots, things that are of value. Didn't look like it was that big, whatever it is, it should have been handled better, but her tweeting and regretting the consequences of the tweet just shows sort of the, the symptomatic nature and, and the problematic nature of the social media era. She could have just called up you know, texted Vince, emailed them, done something directly, but instead she went public. So of course they had to respond in in kind and maybe disproportionately. 
This said, Mark Carano is not the only person who's been fired lately in talent relations. And I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't sort of planned anyway. And this was sort of a good excuse to turn a PR nightmare into what they might perceive as at least remediation or mitigation, if not a PR success, um, and letting him go. I'm sure that they're aware that his perception was sort of a creepy hatchet man. That said, this is this is a big story, which shouldn't have been a big story. And she, I don't think, I'm not using the term correctly, cloud chasing, but whatever the equivalent of this was, she was looking for sympathy and white knights and pile on the big bad guys who, who let me go. And, you know, I understand the inspiration, but at, what is she, 40, 42? I mean, she probably should be more mature than that. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, she didn't draw first blood. They did. And, you know, everyone handled it poorly. But those are my thoughts as discombobulated or combobulated as they are. Um, I don't know how much more there is to say about it. My take is, you know, as a manager, isn't it your responsibility to know like, hey, let's handle this with care? Like I've seen a lot of people on social media. And again, we like to talk about what's happening on wrestling social media. And I think it's it's a little scapegoaty to be like, oh, you know, this is cancel culture. This is uh, people, you know, coming out with the pitchforks like. If he gave a crap, and granted, there's the other side of this this argument that says, hey, they're fired talent, who cares? But you don't want to burn that bridge, and everything's optics now, right? Everything's mm-hmm. optics. So, you know, I think there should have been more deliberate care and consideration, given the fact that, like, you know, a lot of people on uh, wrestling social media were like, what's the big deal? It's just, you know, he put the stuff in the garbage bag and then he sent it in a box. How else did you want him to send it? Like, but what I think people are failing to understand is you put garbage in the garbage bag, right? Like, Jeff, let me ask you this. I've moved a lot of times in my life and I've used garbage bags plenty to move my own shit. Now, listen, I understand that was my choice. It was my choice with my stuff. Not someone else making that choice for me. It's different. Be more candid. That's that's just you putting your you know the stuff of your ex wife in in the bag and then throwing it out. You you mean my ex wives putting the stuff in the bag and throwing it out the third floor window? <laughs> that's right. Upside <laughs> down on top of my head. That's right. Catch this, you motherfucker. Right. And then, so, and, then and then the safe gets after it and falls right on my head. And then the piano. And the piano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Then an anvil because everyone has an anvil lying around. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are um, that old. And then and then you get tarred and feathered as well. <laughs> well, of course, right after being drawn and quartered. But yeah, no, I mean, my, my first ex-wife was in 1829, and every household had at least one anvil then. That's right. Marie Antoinette uh, will never forget you. Um, would it would, would the optics been better? You know, you mentioned Ziploc bags. Would the optics would have been better if it was, let's say, a clear plastic bag? Like a clear plastic bag, a Ziploc bag? Or just in the box? The entirety of my my defense of the plastic use is that things like shampoo and conditioner and things like that leak. So the plastic would preserve the shipping box so that the box doesn't break open and everything pours out in, in shipping. The, the point of the different Ziploc bags is that, yeah, you can keep the shipping box from being leaked on and falling apart, but 
the stuff is still ruined or at least sticky and then you got to wash all the bottles. So it would demonstrate more care. This is a lot of time to talk about packing. Listen, they have released <laughs> a lot of people over the years. This is the first time I recall anything like this happening. I mean, we see the wrestlers going in and out with their rolling luggage. So, you know, again, I'm not really sure what's there. I'm not really sure. I mean, if it was a thing of shampoo, a thing of conditioner, a thing of hairspray, lip gloss and eyeliner, and they just put that into a garbage bag into, into a box, this is completely overblown. If this is a pair of wrestling boots, two pair, two wrestling outfits that cost a shitload of money or street clothes and that other stuff that could ruin the clothes, then it was a shitty way to act. I, I, you know, so I don't know how overblown it is, but it is overblown. But you're, you started out saying, isn't it your responsibility to delegate? And I mean, the short answer is yes. The buck stops at the top. Of course, the top is Vince, who most of the time is in Connecticut. Triple H and Stephanie are all over the goddamn world. I mean, you have a big company, and it's not like Triple H is packing up her locker. They have interns. They have staff. They have people. The perform- I mean, chances are this was at the Performance Center uh, or someplace in Tampa. And yeah. I-, I can't imagine that that place is – I mean, it's basically a nice gym and a studio. I mean, it's probably a lot more pedestrian than any of us think. And so probably just some low-level person did it and nobody oversaw it. Nobody thought to think about it, which may in itself be a problem. But, I mean, everybody who's lost a job that's in an office, if you're lucky, you get a couple of banker boxes to throw your stuff in and you walk out. Yeah, but I think – but that's the thing is like you get the banker's box. You don't get a couple hefty trash bags and you're like, take your shit and hit the bricks, kid. Well, the trash bag was put in the the box. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I mean are, are you gonna are you gonna put the banker box in another box? I, listen, they could have done it better. I just don't think it's all that big a deal. With the caveat, I don't know what was in that trash bag, what was in in the containers, and I don't know if there if there's a big sign hanging out that says "Take all possessions home." Won't company won't be responsible, which still doesn't make it not shitty. But if you've ever been to a, like a gym where they have those signs and someone breaks into your locker, the place isn't responsible. I mean, you have to be a little bit responsible for your own actions as well. I mean, but there's stuff I don't know, but I don't think this is really important enough to know. I, I think that she overshot it I, I, and then she got more than she wanted. Um, but I wish her well. I, I mean, I hope that she didn't burn a bridge with this. Uh, I don't, I don't think, think so. Because money always she's, talks, and she's you know, a hall of famer. She's a hall of famer. That that's right. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I, I, listen. It, it, it was shitty all around, starting with the original sin. Uh, I, I just think that this has been, you know, t- taken to DefCon one when this is a, a <laughs> DefCon five situation, if that. All righty. Let's quickly talk about their financials. They did report financials. WWE is doing really well. Uh, on all fronts, despite COVID, despite not going on tour, no live events, and they seem to be focusing on content development. That is what Vince was saying on this call yesterday, saying that you know they are focused not on AEW, they are just focused on what they do and creating content. That is what they do. They've got uh, stuff in the pipeline 
negotiations, contracts with, you know, uh, Crunchyroll and anime and other things. You know, earlier this week, they dropped their uh, A and E biography series that did really well with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They've got Roddy Piper coming up this week. So they're, they're churning out content constantly. They said that WrestleMania impressed everybody at Peacock slash Comcast. I guess they were ecstatic about the numbers. They wouldn't tell you, they wouldn't give specifics other than they got, what was it? Uh, a, a million, imp- something like a million uh, impressions. No, they said they said that they got over a billion views across all platforms. There you go. I don't know. I mean, I know what all platforms means. I, I don't know what all platforms are, and I don't know what defines a view. If that's like three seconds, or requires three minutes, or an hour, or whatever the case may be. There were a few things of note. First of all, their overall revenues went up despite their live show revenues, you know, being basically kaput. Of course, their live show costs also were basically eliminated as well. And I'm not sure if that might not be a a net positive for them. There were a few things of interest that they have. um, They have bought back 32% of the their authorized buyback. So they still have another 68% uh, buyback authority of their own stock, which is a really good security position. If something happens with the stock, you can stabilize the price of your own stock by buying it back. Um, they talked about there's not likely to be any regular live events until the second half of 2021, which means no earlier than July. There were a couple things that that were of particular interest to me. One, the Peacock revenue had not kicked in yet, mostly for the, for that's mostly going to start in quarter number two. Um, the other thing is they were talking about capital expenditures for their new HQ. They're expecting a lot of capital expenditures, but they're reevaluating their new HQ plan. So who knows what's going on with that? More importantly, they talked about that they were focusing on international rights, meaning streaming, the network, uh, other TV. They talked a lot about India, how a show that they filmed in Florida did five times the normal viewership in India just because they use a lot of Indian stars that uh, people in the U.S. don't know and, frankly, people in India don't know, but they watched it just because uh, it, it featured Indian talent. Yep. They also said that new content that they create is not covered under the Peacock deal. So they could have like an ancillary WWE network in the US if they wanted to. They could sell it to Apple TV, which was mentioned more than once. They could sell new content to Amazon. They could keep selling things to Peacock if that relationship is going well and and get more money out of them. And another thing was of particular interest is that one, Stephanie announced that they maintained something like 25 or 28 existing partners like Snickers, But she also said one of the reasons why it's so easy for international sponsors and advertisers to come on board with WWE beyond us already having been an international brand almost by accident is that we own all of our own intellectual property. So next time someone goes, well, why don't they, why can't Brutus Beefcake be Brutus Beefcake? Or why can't, um, you know, why can't Tugboat be Tugboat? 
uh, or why couldn't the Dudley boys be the Dudley boys? This is why they, you know, it, it's when, you know, LeBron James goes on TV, he's wearing a, a black and red Jersey, but it doesn't say, or well now it would be a, a purple and gold Jersey, but it doesn't say Lakers on it, which for LeBron James probably doesn't matter because he's that biggest star. But if you're not a basketball fan, those two guys on Subway mean nothing to you. Like they mean nothing to me. I have no idea who either of those people are. Um, but if it's a WWE thing, it would say the Dudley boys. And they're not paying the Dudley boys jack or squat from, you know, stuff they did in 2005 or, or whatever it is. Or, you know, or Charlotte Flair stuff or Becky stuff or Seth Rollins stuff. So it's all it's one price. They don't have to negotiate with the stars, the, the likenesses, the images, the names. It's all it's all right there. So that's why intellectual property is important. And that's why they guard it so much. And that's why they're dickish about it. There's a reason for it. And it's a business reason. And smart businesses do that. And if you don't think I'm right, just uh, let me know next time you see Chris Evans walking around in his Captain America suit uh, when he's not marketing a, a, a Marvel or Disney related project. Yep. By the way, he's not Captain America anymore. As of today, we have a new Captain America. That is really exciting, but it doesn't matter because he was Captain America, so this lasts forever. This is true. Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse forever. Tom Holland can't do the same thing with Spider-Man. Uh, you know, one thing I want to focus on uh, that you mentioned that was from the call was this um, comment about the live shows and not going to live shows or they don't see themselves starting any or, you know, looking at seriously going on tour for live shows until the second half of 21. When a financial analyst asked Vince a question about going back on tour, Vince said that the climate was still uh, shaky and it was hard to determine but he also, in his answer, alluded to the fact that, you know, at least this was my impression, that they weren't really looking at going back on tour the way they were going on tour before COVID, that they were looking at maybe doing less dates. And I don't know, like, I guess because Thunderdome, there's, you know, he's like, I don't know what it looks like to get into the building, how many people we get in the building. Is it setting up the Thunderdome if I can't have a full house? So is it, you know, the open question is, are we looking at more residencies, but maybe let's say a month or two month residency in let's say Texas and then in New York and then back in Orlando during the winter? Is that what we're looking at? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that we might see that for event weekends where they have a pay-per-view, which they indicate that there's sun there's 15 Sunday shows a year. So maybe Raw and SmackDown and NXT will be like, you know, in the Barclays Center or Madison Square Garden or Boston Gardens or whatever the, the corporate names are for these places now. It's entirely possible. Listen, I have thought for a while that, that the live shows have been lost leaders and the only advantage to them was sort of having the new crowds that would be excited seeing the company come around once every four or five months or less frequently than that. But they haven't been selling tickets. So mm -hmm. 
you know, travel isn't cheap. You get hotels, you have the buses, you, um, you know, you might have uh, airfare. Um, you know, there, there's all sorts of costs with it. And you've, and there's a lot of logistics. You have a lot of staff that's constantly booking. You have to get insurance. You have to get bonds. You have to hire local people. A lot of times that's union rates like Mass and Square Garden. So there's all sorts of things that have to move in synchronicity. Anyone who's ever planned a wedding knows, you know, or any sort of big party knows that there's, a, a you know, eight different things that you have to deal with at least. And imagine a show like that. There's, you know, multiply that by four or five. And, you know, that's five times a week. Yes, you build a machine, but if you're not making money, what's the point? So I actually think this is a net savings to them. And, you know, maybe they don't want to say that out loud, but I think not touring as much might be sort of a silver lining for them. And again, if they can do like 15 sort of event four day or five day things, they, they sort of have mini WrestleManias, you know, mm-hmm. it's maybe it's good for their travel agency or their, you know, their airline partners or whatever yeah. the case may be. But I don't know. We'll see. I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you were right, you know, or if they just did it for raw and SmackDown and, you know, but had no other house shows. Yeah, that 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 was my biggest takeaway. Was like you know, growing up for you know, and watching wrestling for thirty five years, and house shows, and going to house shows, and going to live events, and going to a live RAW or a pay per view or WrestleMania. I mean, WrestleMania Live, I think, is not going anywhere. But the idea of less shows was just very shocking and and jarring to me. Although. I do see where it makes financial sense. Plus you can also control the narrative, right? You know, if anything, I want to say Roman has been able to get over as much as he has because of Thunderdome. Bobby Lashley possibly doesn't get as over as he is with a live crowd, right? I think you're right. And I think they were talking about, I mean, if I heard correctly, and listen, they were using a lot of double speak and they weren't using clear sentences purposefully, but it sounds yeah. like they may sort of copy the AEW model of having a few hundred or 1500 fans uh, to get that live atmosphere, the, the, the signs, the crowd combined with Thunderdome and, and sort of do that, replicate that kind of situation. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I I think that they are going to try to figure out how to make this into a more profitable version. The TV stuff is really interesting because, the, you know, I don't know if they're going to try to have more shows because they made a big deal about the Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary being the highest rated documentary ever on, on A&E. But that Treasure Hunters, WWE Treasure Hunters, the show that followed it, kept, kept 79% of the audience. Mm-hmm. Now, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin, but hey. Roddy Piper, that's going to be a big one. But if people, you know, TV viewing is habitual. So if people start watching the documentaries and start watching Treasure Hunters at a clip of 80% of whatever, of whoever watched the Stone Cold Steve Austin one, that's an enormous win. That means that show gets renewed. That means that WWE has streams of income now from A&E as well, plus Young Rock, which seems to be doing well enough. You know, it's Mm. considered a hit in today's era. So who knows? There, there, there could be more of that coming down the pipe. Yep, yep. I think I think it takes a reimagining of what 
WWE does for their main business. And the biggest takeaway was WWE sees themselves as an entertainment content provider. They are not a wrestling company. They provide entertainment, sports entertainment, through different mediums, mostly now trying to focus on digital mediums. So if you're hung up on Raw's ratings being a 1.8, you're looking at the wrong metrics. WWE doesn't care about that. Well, maybe. You, they, they say that, that every... You know, every TV-based product is facing the same thing. I don't know if I believe it, and I don't think any business that gets away from its core business that much ever really, you know, you sort of lose your way, and at some point you have to do your core business well. And, I mean, the one thing that they don't do very well is put on entertaining TV shows on a consistent basis. <laughs> but it's not on Mondays. Yeah, that's true. I mean, SmackDown's better, but it's it's not great. Let's not fool anyone. It's just better. Um, SmackDown, SmackDown is good. The good the good news is that that isn't that hard to change if you want to. I mean, it, it's not that hard to do decent wrestling shows that are entertaining enough. So, you know, there, there's and if you can't figure out how to do it yourself, there's about a million other wrestling shows out there, and they all do good things and they all do bad things. So just steal the good things. <laughs> wrestling's all copying um so anyway there there's that but you're right they, they are a brand and they're doing entertainment content and international i mean they're really focused on india obviously they would like to break into the the chinese market um and you know yep. the, you know and if they could make international tv and streaming deals and if i understood the stuff about new us-based content being correct I mean, it's a constant stream of income from yes, po possibly different sources, not just Comcast. Or if Comcast says, I want to own these guys, well, they're going to keep overpaying for it to own these guys. So, and I don't mean own WWE, I mean have leverage and inf influence and power over them, um, not actually buying the company. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, they're really good at business. They're not they necessarily are. that good at, at doing wrestling stories, but you know, you all, all it takes is a little bit of attention and some luck. <laughs> is that all it takes? Yeah, I think so. Hey, Dixie, Dixie ran a company for what was it? Close to twenty years, right? On 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 just that now. Well, it's probably close. Probably, if if the money didn't run out, she probably would still be running a company. Oh yeah, if the money didn't run out, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's talk about since we already were talking about Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about a couple of things that happened on this week's raw most notably this matt riddle versus randy orton match uh came up out of nowhere and a lot of people were shocked myself included that riddle won this match clean what were your thoughts on this match i'm not shocked that matt riddle won the match clean i mean first of all the story to getting us there was stupid but that's not the point what shocks me is that, I mean, let me back up a little bit. I'm not shocked that he wanted clean because Orton, you know, is the guy who said he's going to probably slow down a little bit and take a little bit of time off. And then when he wants to come back for his 15th championship, you know, he'll, he'll get that. There's no, there's no rush for him. The part that shocks me about it is that 
why they couldn't have him lose to the fiend a couple weeks before, which, you know, was sort of critical. Um, but you know, maybe they learned from that mistake. Uh, I mean, I don't really get it with riddle and this is not about riddle riddle is a good wrestler. He, he never does bad matches, not crazy about his over the top character now, but that can be changed and he's not scripting it himself. So this is not about him, but they keep having Seamus beat the crap out of him but then he sort of sneaks a win on, on Orton. I mean, it's fine. It's just, it's just weird. I just, I'm just having, you know, and I know that matchups are everything in real sports. So, you know, one defensive back can stop a great wide receiver while another one, you know, maybe can't, even though the, you might mm-hmm. think that Darrell Revis was, you know, better than Rod Woodson or whatever, but the matchup is just there. I, my references are so dated. Um, <laughs> Only by about five years. Yeah. More like 10, but um <laughs> I mean, don't forget, Rob Woodson ended his career safety. Um, mm. But anyway, uh, point I being, think... the point being, it was just, it was just, it's just odd. But I have no, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I love Riddle's work. He gets it. He knows when the camera's on him. He knows when to turn it up. He knows. Um, you know, I think I was watching like the mat. If you watch the match, move for move, it is a really good wrestling match. Only because the registering is all there from from Riddle, Orton does a good job, uh, just kind of toying around with Riddle, and then Riddle gets this kind of like surprise victory over. He countered the RKO with a crucifix. I mean, I thought that that was clever. I mean, yeah, right. And I know people don't like the roll up, but this really wasn't a roll up. This was this was a technical wrestling counter move, almost like you'd see in the pure matches on ring of honor i yes i, I liked it i, I thought it, i thought it was a good ending it's just disconnected to what's been going on with both their characters recently but standalone and or going forward i'm perfectly happy with it yeah i i i understand your argument about the disconnection however i don't think if if randy orton doesn't beat the fiend at wrestlemania he then goes in looking like a chump and then needs a victory over Riddle on this Monday Night Raw. Same thing for the reverse of Matt Riddle. Like, he needed this win to stop looking like a chump because Sheamus has been punking him the last couple of weeks and took his title from him. I don't think that's a problem, though, because A, Randy Orton can do anything and nothing hurts him. And the story could have been they both need this win to get their mojo back, and the young guy gets it. But you know, it's not really an argument, though. It's just, I mean, this is you know. no. I yeah, it's it's fun to just speculate on it. The other thing, though, I will say that kind of really shocked me. Besides the win, is what it means for Matt Riddle. You know, Randy has this, uh, I guess, reputation for. Um, if he sours on you, then he can really bury you backstage, right? You know, you think about what he did to Kofi and, you know, all that other stuff. Plus, there's a laundry list of superstars that, you know, have pissed off Randy Orton. Kennedy is another guy. Um, And, you know, he'll ruin you. And for him to be able to put over, you know, Keith Lee a couple weeks, a couple months ago, and now Riddle, I was shocked. I thought, wow, like, you're really going to have him beat you, and not only beat you, but 
counter the RKO in the fashion that he did. I thought that was a sign of um, a sign of approval from the legend Randy Orton. I think you're right, and I like the sort of the. I mean, again, I didn't like the build up to it, but I liked Randy saying the goofy guy, blonde hair. What's his name? I don't. Doesn't matter what his name is. Just, just I want to match with him. I mean, I mean, of course he knows what his name is. There's, yeah. there's 16 people there every week, but yeah, that's right. it, it, it was fine. It, yeah, no, I mean, Randy is a professional. He's a third-generation wrestler. He knows the business. He is. He is. Very good. Loved it. Um, let's talk about uh, something that you seem to be very passionate about, and that is the Hurt Business and Mason T-Bar looking very strong. They unmasked themselves at the end of Raw. Um, oh, not the end of Raw, but it's somewhere near the end of Raw uh, when they were uh, face-to-face with Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Um, this is the tale of two cities, right? Two teams. We've got Mason T-Bar leaving Retribution. And Retribution was the shit. Yep. They would have been, they were very close to getting their own hefty bag of trash <laughs> given to them. No chance. And now look at them. If If I were to tell you, let's say two months ago, Jeff, Buy or sell Mason T-Bar or Cedric and Shelton. You would have picked the Hurt Business, right? You would have picked Cedric and Shelton. No. And yet here we are. Well, why no. wouldn't you? One, because ever since the Hurt Business formed, there's always been this Shelton-Cedric thing. I just knew that they were going to break them up somehow. I just thought that those two were going to break up as opposed to being broken up as a couple, by the way, they're now called the jobber business. They can't even afford new gear. They're still wearing their hurt business gear. I mean, and they lost the Vikings twice in a row, which is pretty bad. But I mean, we've been doing this show. What now? Three or four weeks. You and which I show, which show? Like, this, no, like no, been been almost half a year. Oh my God. Um, so how, wh- what is my saying? Strong booking is only what? Last week. No, I say three weeks away. Strong booking only takes three weeks, even less if you do a good enough segment. So, and I've been saying for weeks, ever since these guys were sent to the performance center to to retrain, like the six big guys, like Omos, uh, Otis. uh, Bray. No, not Bray. Keith Lee. You know, some of the the bigger guys were, were sent there to retrain. I said to you that WWE is going to be the land of the giants again. They're not going to try and compete on high flying wrestling or pure style. They're going to be the larger than life brand. When you turn on the TV, you go, Whoa, those guys are wrestlers. They look like, you know, villains or heroes from comic books. So no, this is fine. And by the way, MVP said Mason T-Bar have no relationship zero with the hurt business. He never said anything about Dijak or Dijakovic, whatever he's going by these days, or Dio Madden. Mm. The masks are off. They're going to get their names back. He didn't lie. Mason T-Bar, nothing to do with the Hurt Business. But Dominic Dijakovic and Dio Madden, very well might. I mean, I saw this episode already with with, uh, Seth Rollins and AOP, so I already know how it ends. 
for our listeners, uh, uh, new listeners that might be coming in, they might not f- be familiar. Uh, Jeff likes to throw out a lot of wrestling conspiracies, and much like um, you know, QAnon does it in politics. Here we call them QAcons for Tony Khan. Are you saying that your latest QAcon is that the that Dio and Dijakovic are going to show up in suits? And join the hurt business. Eventually, yes. But they, yes, they are absolutely part of it. And I'm also sort of waiting for the next shoe to drop. I'm not sure if this is a setup where Braun is going to turn on Drew also, and he's going to join the hurt business, or if it's going to be when Keith Lee returns, it's going to be with a new attitude. But there's going to be a fourth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll wait and see. I'm 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 not I'm not entirely on the same boat of Listen, excitement. With QAcon, you have to you have to read the, the, the lines and the lines of a storm is coming. View to the twenty-first. Mm-hmm. The twenty-first. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> of course you don't. I'm I'm not I'm seventeen is a magic number. I don't know. What am I supposed to like do some algebra now? Is that am I looking at the no, this this is all Q and on stuff. Oh Jesus Christ! Q Q is the seventeenth letter in the alphabet. So, oh, got you. Yeah. Let's 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 move on. Let's talk about uh, Alexa Bliss and this Lily thing. You have some thoughts on Lily? Long term booking. People say WWE doesn't do any long term booking. This is literally from the crib. This this is literally <laughs> this is literally twenty nine years in the making. Yeah, Lily has the Fiend's soul. As much as I hated what happened with the Fiend, I'm okay with this. This is fun. And and Alexa put everyone on notice. Meanwhile, all these people are going, oh, she should start a faction. Like, that's exactly the opposite of what she said. She she said, Lily doesn't like anybody in the locker room, and I'm putting you all on notice. I mean, where people get faction out of that, I have no idea. Jeff, is it just me or when I was listening to her tell the story of Lily, I couldn't help but not think that she was referencing her privates. Is Lily a reference to her vagina? Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's more for Garden of Doom than Hammerlock Hangover. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on Lily? No, I'm I'm interested to see where Lily goes. I I like when we see the skull teeth and you hear like the fiend oh, trying to get I out of hers. I know oh. you do. Oh. I know you do. Do you want to talk more about Chernobyl being interrupted by blonde ambition? Uh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. That's- Those who don't know, Chernobyl is what I call Lana and Naomi because it's Russian glow, and blonde ambition is what I call Dana and <laughs> Chernobyl. And by the way, I predicted long ago that Blonde Ambition was going to turn heel, they're going to do twin magic, and they're going to be your next women's tag team champions. That's right. That was last week's QAcon. Yeah. They're, somehow they're going to turn us into the, – the, they're the bullies against All poor 300-pound right. Nia Jax. We're going to see. But Jesus Christ, those two ladies in those pink outfits, good God almighty. Whew. Yep. Yep. So, what were we talking um, about again? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's let's talk about Charlotte and uh, this suspension angle. Charlotte I, I, the Jets. I I 
I always love these matches. Charlotte and Asuka put on great matches. The finish, I think, was a little bit hokey, but... Um, and what I mean by that is Rhea and her interference. But what I loved about this was Charlotte losing it and beating up this referee. You know, nowadays they don't tell you who the referee's name. You have to kind of go Google it. So I apologize. I don't know this guy's name, but she lays an ass kick into this guy and I buy it. I love this. I hope that this leads to a new side of Charlotte that we haven't seen before. And that's the mad queen uh, character where she's just completely untethered and, you know, out of control. And I just hope I want to see more of it. So I hope this is what that leads to. What were your thoughts on this um, main event of Raw? I mean, I knew it was coming. Not not the extent. I liked it also. I typed in real time, okay, sh- uh, suspension story coming up. Um, I didn't know why she was going to be off TV again. I mean, I figured that whatever she had done to herself needed correction, or maybe they want her to get big again. Turns out she's having dental surgery. Um, I don't, with her, you never know if it's necessary or if it's uh, elective. Um, but that's, you know, she's been tweeting pictures of herself and Andrade on the beach, you know, and in lovely poses, having a great time. So there you go, uh, some kayfabe. But no, I liked it. I mean, I'm sure people are going to say Asuka's looking like a joke here. Asuka's not the story right now. Asuka's had a pretty good three-year run. Um, so anyway, yeah, Rio, you know, took out, uh, pulled Charlotte's arms out from under her while she was applying the figure eight on Asuka. And so, you know, we're not really sure who the, you know, we sort of had two heels and a face, but even Asuka's going a little bit crazy here. So, you know, during this next month when Charlotte is suspended, I mean, first of all, I mean, she could come in with a mask or she could still do attacks from the crowd or whatever it is. I I don't really know how serious the surgery is, but if she's actually out for a month, I mean, we could try to develop if Rhea is going to be a heel or try and rehabilitate her to a face and then turn Asuka heel or something. But I mean, I'm interested. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm sort of known as a couple things. One, I'm a sizist. Two, I'm not really a big fan of women's wrestling. Unfortunately, unfortunately, for the last three quarters of a year, the best wrestling by far has been the women's wrestling across brands. Without a doubt. Without across a doubt. brands. The best stories, the best wrestling. And, you know, so I'm, I'm interested in this. What can I tell you? I, I'm interested in it. And I know people hate Charlotte. Guess what? You're supposed to hate Charlotte. Yep. Oh, my God. And this, the promo in, what was it, the first or second hour with her and Asuka, this exchange with her where she's like, <laughs> Asuka's yelling at her, and Charlotte's like, I can't understand you. <laughs> and then Asuka's like, I'm going to whip your ass, bitch. <laughs> oh, that popped me huge. That popped me huge. I loved it. It was fine, but I prefer when Asuka yells in Japanese. Oh no! It I was... don't think I don't think it's interesting when people with accents who clearly English is their second language curse in English in an exaggerated manner, and that's that's like supposed to be the gimmick. I would prefer that she yell in Japanese and nobody know what she's saying. But anyway, that that's just me nick nitpicking. That's my little preference. Yeah, no, this this is good. This is fun. But I mean, you're burying the lead. The the lead is that Elias got a clean win. 
<laughs> this is the lead. This is the lead. And, Nobody and, Ga- and Garza was hitting on Naya, which is going to maybe lead to a Garza Reginald feud. I mean, what, what's happening I don't, here? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something nobody knew that they wanted was Reggie versus Garza. But I'm glad they're doing something with Garza. And Elias, uh, let's talk about Elias. Like he looks like the Macho Man with this flying elbow drop. Yeah, and it, and it was a clean win against Kofi. So hey. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what the point is, but okay. I mean, I guess they're going to have New Day feud with Riker and Elias. Uh, I mean, I guess so. Don't t- and everybody's complaining that there's no tag teams on Raw. See, there you go. You got Riker and Elias now. Riker and Elias. The Vikings came back. You've got like, that's right. The Viking Express is back. So you, you've got the new improved Hurt Business. That's right. There's plenty of tag teams. Look at that. See, Vince just booked. <laughs> you've, you've got Jobber <laughs> Business. Ten, 10 tag teams in in two weeks. What See? what show is Lucha House Party on? Oh, uh, they're they're not on anymore. But they are. They're on Raw. They didn't get they didn't get uh, released. Only Kalisto did. He and the reason he got released is because he broke up Lucha House Party, and they can. Oh, that's right. Him. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, I love Lin, that story. Lindsay said something like, "Yeah, I know that I'm not doing anything, but I've never made anywhere near this amount of money, so I'll go with it." Oh my God, I love that story. They just threw Kalisto under the bus. They were like, hey, listen, like, I'm cool, uh, you know, doing what I was doing, boss. Let this just me and Lindsay Dorado over here. We, uh, Grand Metalik, uh, we're, 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 we're happier than pigs and shit. Fuck Kalisto, boss. <laughs> Put us back. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this whole thing, this whole thing's amazing. Uh, Damian Priest finally getting his win on The Miz, you know, swell. Um, I don't know. Sheamus beat the crap out of Carrillo, and I think, you know, I don't know why I have to keep saying this, but clearly that picture circulated Carrillo was not Carrillo because, yes, he's in terrific shape, but he he, he, he wasn't he wasn't Bobby Lashley shape. I like that you keep bringing that up. No one is still talking about that, Jeff. Nobody's talking about Umberto Carrillo unless he's well, chasing well, after uh, what's his face, the twenty four seven title. What, once, once I stop talking about it, so they'll they'll bring it up. I'm I'm the Night's Watch on the wall. <laughs> You're the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a couple quick hits from SmackDown. Um, Alistair Black is back. He's, uh, you know, uh, brooding. He's wearing glasses now and reading from a book. Uh, you know, interesting stuff. We've got Sasha, uh, not Sasha. Um, Bianca's next battle is going to be against Bailey at WrestleMania Backlash. Good. I think so. I think it's good. I mean, again, Bailey's the Bailey's built been built enough strong that. She can take an L to Bianca and keep on chugging. She doesn't yeah, need to but, go over. But I no, but but I think that we should point out that the last we saw Bailey on TV not being a hostess for WrestleMania was she got that note during Ding Dong Hello and it disturbed her and she walked off the set. And that has not been addressed. So I don't know if that's going to come into play as to why she loses the feud or if that's just going to be one of the storylines of misfit storylines that ends up on an island somewhere, you know, crashed with the flight 821 or whatever the in that, you know, lost island. Yeah. I'm going to go with lost. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I had thought that Bailey was going to be Bianca's feud before getting to 
Sasha at WrestleMania. Um, and obviously they did the, she wins the, the Royal Rumble and then her and Sasha doing the tag team thing and not quite getting along. And it was a stumble and bumble, but they delivered in WrestleMania. So I think everyone forgives that now. But this is a good feud because Bailey's solid, but I, you know, she'll put her over. This is Bailey had a really long term. She's going to use heel tactics. She's going to do yep. all sorts of stuff. Um, but you know, in the end, Bianca's going to continue to hold the title. I don't think they're going to do a, a quick hot potato, you know, Bailey wins and then Bianca gets it back, but maybe. But you know, it, it's fine. It's it's good. They they've shown that they can have people survive. I mean, no one remembers that Carmella lost a bunch of matches, you know. You know, she can come out of tag team. Nobody cares, you know. It's, yep. You know, it's, it's, it, it's fine. People can rehabilitate themselves. You're right. Let's talk about NXT. We have uh, the debut of... Wait, wait. I want to so... hear more about the Aleister Black thing because do you think it's too reminiscent of sort of what Seth Rollins was doing like not very long ago <laughs> or Bray Wyatt or is it, you know, do you get, do you get a different vibe off of it? I get a different vibe only because I feel like there's see. So here's the problem that I have. And maybe this is why last week we kind of mentioned that Karrion Cross was stepping away from uh, this um, demonic supernatural thing and more just like, yeah, more just like a tough guy who likes heavy metal and maybe, you know, maybe plays with the, you know, occult rituals or stuff. Yes. So, so I think they were stepping him back on NXT because they knew that they were going in this route. Maybe they, they're giving Alistair this gimmick of he's affiliated with, I wouldn't say the devil, but I would say because, you know, internationally that's not going to, to sell well, but. Um, well, if you listen to Garden of Doom, you would know that the one thing that the church of Satan doesn't have is Satan. There you go. Well, I mean, that's not what everybody else, uh, you know, seeing other religions, I mean, or, you know, the ones that... Um, live and learn, my friend. Live and learn. I was surprised, too. I know. I've got, I guess I've got to listen to Garden of Doom, huh? Those, those, um, are, those are Luciferians who believe in, in Satan. Luciferians. Luciferians. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. Um, so I don't know if now they're giving... Alistair Black this gimmick and maybe they're going to debut Karrion Cross under Alistair Black if Alistair Black is because he was making a reference to someone's coming or there's someone else it's very not, similar to it's not Karrion Cross he's he's the champion he's he's going to be there for a while so I don't know and maybe it's Kalisto coming back <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't fucking know all I know is is you know, it's nice to see Alistair Black back. Um, but this gimmick, you know, we've talked about this before on this podcast. I don't like, I don't like the supernatural. I don't like this gimmick. But I feel like everybody's got the same... Is it supernatural or is he just like an alternate religious leader? I mean, he's got, he's got uh, candles. There's a lot of smoke. I thought he farted. <laughs> there, there was, there was smoke. I don't know. It's a lot of shit going on, and it's Friday, and it's a long week, and I'm like, I don't fucking know what the fuck this is all about. But I'm, I'm here for it. I guess I'll follow along. But maybe it's Selena Vega coming back. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, Eric Rowan would make sense. 
who knows? It would make sense. But would Vince book that? Like, you know, if Vince is booking, it probably is Kalisto coming back. Like, (laughs) Kalisto is is too small. They're happy to be. Okay. Then it's No Way Jose. There you go. No Way Jose. I mean, he talked about wanting to come back, and he's sort of a big guy. I mean, they could do it. I, I don't know. Who knows? They have a million people in the performance center. They have they have a million big guys in the performance. I mean, Ridge Holland should be coming back at some point soon. They've got the the Steiner kid. They've got uh, the uh, Parker Boudreau. But I don't even know if these guys are ready to go yet. Like they might not need to be. They can just be Diesel. They can be almost. Cal Bloom's been there a couple of years. He's huge. Riddick Moss or whatever that that guy's name is, he wasn't released. He was and he got hurt. He's he's probably due. Arturo Ruas is probably due to come back from his injury. Oh, that's right. Good. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. He's a legit fighter. His style would blend with Alistair Black's sort of striker kind of thing. Murphy he would. Murphy's doing nothing. <laughs> Alistair Black and Murphy work well together. But wasn't he? Uh, Alice uh, Murphy was already a disciple. Like we don't need him in a fucking another disciple thing. And then, like, and to answer your question from earlier, I always got the vibe that like there was a thin line between the difference between what Bray was doing as the fiend and Seth Rollin was doing. I always got the feeling that Seth Rollin was trying to be like a cult leader, David Koresh type. Whereas, yes, you know, um, Bray Wyatt was just. Uh, multiple split personality disorder, and you know, I will top that though. They were doing the same thing on SmackDown with Raw. I mean, with Roman and the Tribal Chief when he was teaching the Usos lessons and how to obey, and this is for your own good, the greater good. Listen, it's first of all, he came across as the Godfather. He comes across as the Godfather when he does that. It, he did it better, but it was the same goddamn story. And they could, so we know that they could do the same story again. But it's also let's let's just let's let's riddle this out that it is it is Murphy, and we already know that he was cut out to be a disciple once. So maybe he's a born follower. But maybe the pitch is to Alistair: you were a disciple with somebody else, not with me. We're equals. We are brothers. You don't need to follow me. We walk side by side. You're making it make sense. I still don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, again, I like, that's... I like Murphy. I want him to be booked like Pac or like Pac was before they got screwed up with 40 people and it's all... Oh, oh you want him to be booked like Pac? You mean like have a match once, uh, like every quarter? No, like when, when Pac was like beating the crap out of Orange Cassidy and having great matches with Omega and Page and and was just was just a badass, not afraid of anything. Gotcha. All righty. All right, let now let's move on to NXT. We have a Sarai debut. What were your thoughts on this? Very anticlimactic. I mean, she got such hype. I'm I'm not a big fan of Joshi wrestling to begin with, but I mean, I'm willing to look at anything, but she was I mean, Listen, if you are a female wrestler in this era, it does it's not great to be undersized. She's undersized for this era, not past eras. I mean, you know, she's a, she's a small woman. So then you have to so maybe you should have a, an interesting gimmick. She doesn't she doesn't have any gimmick. Then you should have a lot of charisma. She had like no charisma. Maybe you should be really attractive. 
She's not unattractive, but she's she's you know she's a mousy looking woman, and or and maybe you should have a spectacular move set. She didn't have a spectacular move set. There's there's a million women that, that do the same thing. So I found it to be very underwhelming. And if that took time TV time away from my ZLE, I'm very pissed off because that's all I want to see. And I also would like Zoe Starks to turn heel and and form a tag team with Mercedes Martinez. Because that's the only way I can see the two of them doing any having gold around their waists would be mm. together. Very good. What did you ask me about again? <laughs> about what were your thoughts on the the Sarai debut? Underwhelming. I was very underwhelmed by it. That, that's all I have to say. All right. You can edit. I, I, you can edit out the rest. No. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it there. You got right. some good points about uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez and uh, Zoe Starks. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, he debuted his new uh, Brooklyn hipster gimmick. A lot of people ragged on him for stealing being, Orange Cassidy's gimmick. Being wish Orange Cassidy. Although he he didn't really put his hands in his pockets, so I guess it's not really a full gimmick infringement. I, I Kyle O'Reilly to me just screams nap. Really? Like I understand he's good in the ring, but I don't care. I just don't care. There's a million people that are good in the ring. He's he looked like an idiot. He looks he looks like he looks like a kid trying too hard. And he, he said he found his killer instinct. He, didn't, he doesn't look tough. He doesn't look like a badass. There's Kyle. I mean, nobody watches him. The ratings go down every time he's on. This is I, I don't know. I mean, Cameron Grimes was the star here. Cameron Grimes was great. And you know what? Kyle O'Reilly should have teamed up with Cameron Grimes. He should have had that venture capitalist. That that that's the kind of instinct they they should have gone into NFTs together. This that was a big mistake by Kyle O'Reilly, and I am very upset that Cameron will probably have to put Kyle O'Reilly over for reasons. I I don't know why because Kyle O'Reilly has nothing going on, and Cameron Grimes is actually interesting. Kyle O'Reilly was just like in the main event picture with uh, Adam Cole. Mistake, 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 mistake. <laughs> wow. It's harsh criticism from Jeff tonight. You know what? You know what should have they should have done? They should have all lost to King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania. Which one? WrestleMania three? Because yes, they're they're all midgets. Is that is that the, the that's the frame of reference we're going yes. with? Kyle O'Reilly, what he should have done is manned up like his friend Roderick Strong, realized nobody wants to watch him whatsoever. And they, he should just resign and leave. <laughs> is, is if Kyle O'Reilly is one of the the what was it four midgets? I, I know they're supposed to be called little people, but in in WrestleMania three, is he more like Little Beaver? Is he more like the Haiti kid? Uh, Lord uh, Littlebrook was the other guy. <laughs> I forget the fourth. No, nah, the, the fish is definitely Lord Littlebrook. So I'll, I'll give him Little Beaver. Little Beaver, okay, very good. Yeah, he's definitely Little Beaver. By the way, well, not by the way, but I don't want to talk about Kyle O'Reilly anymore, but I love everything that's going on with Dexter Loomis and, and Indy Hartwell. Oh, my God, yes, this is so, this is amazing. I love that she's a klutz. I love that she's just, like, tripping over herself. And I love how Candace and the way they're acting like, 
like the parents are like the older sister and they're totally trying to cock block the whole thing. They're like, no, 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 no. Young lady, what are you doing? I mean, they're going to start making her like wear like less revealing clothes. Like she'll come out with a turtleneck and a big cardigan. She'll be dressed like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I like what Indy Hartwell is doing. I was arguing with some a friend of mine that he was like, this is such bullshit and juvenile shit. I can't I believe, believe this you. is on. I can't believe this is on NXT. I don't believe you. And I, what that I have friends. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> You're here, right? Well, I don't have friends. <laughs> I talked to I talked to Lily. Oh, that was good. Good moving up in the world. She is already. And I Any like other- the, I know people don't like it, but it's an old fashioned wrestling story. That why are you with this guy? He's a freak. I'm a real man. I like I like everything about it. Yeah, me too. I like it. I like it. Um, any other thoughts on NXT? Leon Ruff, nobody cares. And I love that Frankie Monet said that she was watching Beth Phoenix ever since she was a little girl. They're three years apart. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Frankie Monet. I like the name too. Like uh, the only thing I mean, I continue to like Austin Theory being a doofus. He's like Bronson Reed, if you want to get to Johnny Gargano, you have to beat me. And Johnny's like, he beat you last week, you idiot. <laughs> did did he change his name to Austin White? I am not aware of that. On Twitter, he's known as Austin White. I don't know if that was because, I guess, the funny business that if you go, you know how like they were like, oh, we don't want you to Google yeah, no, I know, I know, I know where you're going with this. I, I don't something, know. and then, then, like you know, all this uh, nonsense comes up. Like, oh, I can see where they would have told him, "All right, you're changing your name from Austin Theory to Austin White." But I don't know if that was just him being funny on Twitter, or I have I no know. idea. They, they, I mean, they should change it to Austin Way, but I guess maybe this thing isn't going to last so long. Um, I also like that Ted DiBiase outbid Cameron Grimes on an NFT. <laughs> That's right. Because you said that Ted DiBiase is just definitely gonna be part of the story. He's and got to be. And 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 I wasn't sure about that, but I loved it. And so now it's pretty clear that you're right. And as I said then and still say, I don't care how they get there, as long as it leads to there being an audit conducted by Mike Rotunda IRS, which is perfect because Ted DiBiase and IRS were money inc. And so it makes perfect sense. It's they were, literally they were a tag team and they can still do that tag team. So I, I'm all about this. Yep. There, there, there's no way like they're not heading that way. Like it looks like it. They're just, it's, the question is just when, but that's the way they're looking like they're going good for you. Triple H. If you, you and HBK are booking this fantastic work. Um, Let's talk about NXT ratings and AEW ratings and then segue into AEW. You got the ratings. I do. I do, in fact. NXT did 841,000, so they went up 36,000 over the week prior. Now, of course, the week prior, they were Peacock numbers also, but it was a takeover, blah, 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 blah. Um, a, uh, actually, no, no, no. That's what they, they went up 36,000. Last week was regular NXT on a post. Sorry, I got my weeks confused there. AEW did 1.1 million. They did 1,104,000. Um, which was down about a hundred thousand and change, but still, you know, retained pretty respectable. They, I mean, I said I thought that they would lose at least a hundred thousand, but I really thought they would lose closer to two or three hundred thousand. So 
you know, both shows overperformed. I am amazed that NXT went up uh, because last week's show was not particularly good. But NXT is just business as usual. And I will say one thing for NXT. It's cohesive. It is a cohesive wrestling show with good wrestling. So if all you're looking for are stories that sort of that basically make sense from week to week, some good characters, but lots of good wrestling, then NXT works for you. It's like it's like Ring of Honor with frills, like Ring of Honor. So no frills NXT. Um, so, yeah, no, I, you know, good, good on both shows. People were saying AEW this week was great. I didn't see it that way. It wasn't as big a hot mess as the week before, but I thought it was a very unremarkable show. But I guess what do I know? I mean, there were some good promos. There were, there were good parts of it, but I don't know. It's just still all over the place to me. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fuddy-duddy. I, I, I just don't get like 50% of it. Of course, I love the QT Marshall stuff, so... You know, obviously. Oh I'm my not. God! I don't. I don't. I. I. <sighs> QT Marshall throws. How is he a teacher of a wrestling school? And he's, then when Dustin so Rhodes comes in, and he swings this wooden chair and like totally botches the swing. Like, I'll throw up the the gif on our Facebook page, Hammerlock Hangover Facebook page, just so you guys can take a look at how bad this swing is. Like. I don't know if it was like I need to protect Dustin or you know I it's just god awful and I'm like this is this is the the way we're going with this like you're the you're the teacher you're the instructor Ugh. right and 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 his minions were standing there doing nothing for about a minute and a half obviously it was to set up the you know you knew something was up when they came up with a wooden chair instead of a steel chair yes yes um but to set up the the Nick Camarado, you know, no sell of the chair shot to the head, which was cool. It's just they didn't have the have to have the rest of them looking like idiots, you know, doing nothing. They could have had them try to come in and you know maybe the Dunn brothers, you know, kept them busy or something. Yeah, that just got beat up. Uh, I mean, why is young star Billy Gunn on on the show when his two sons are there, or they have? Lee Johnson, what? Where was Lee Johnson? Are they trying to protect him? I I don't know, but whatever. I, you're 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 right. The I mean, but uh, Anthony Ogogo hit another great shot, so they're obviously protecting him, and they made Nick Camarado look good. So, yeah, the the segment itself was goofy. You're right. QT Marshall has no business being in the ring. Uh, and I don't know if that's part of the storyline that he's just like this goofy uh in, instructor and his you know students are really like these amazing guys i i don't know like i don't i don't get it if that's the case um i i don't know uh the other thing about these the factory the factory looks strong um, and by that i mean two out of the three guys in the factory look strong uh Solo, Solo, how do you pronounce his last name? Aaron Solo. Aaron Shlomo looks like... Han Shlomo. We're talking about uh, Orders from Wish and that Kyle O'Reilly was the Wish version of Orange Cassidy. Well, Aaron Shlomo is the Wish version of Damian Priest. This guy, I don't know, man. All I can think of is that Sesame Street song about like one of these things is not like the other. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah um that's what it comes to me like i don't know I, the, if aw has one common through line it has to be bad casting 
It does, right? It does. And like they they've got so much talent like and they just can't it seems like they just throw things into the air and it's like the first three names that fall on the floor like we're going to make you a faction. But just listen to this. Like wouldn't the QT Marshall story be better if it was the same but instead of QT Marshall it was Dustin in that role and take out Aaron Solo and put in just about anyone else. Put in Cesaro Bononi or, or, you know, pretty much anyone else that looks like a wrestler. Now, maybe Aaron Solo really is a skilled wrestler and has jungle boy moves or whatever, yeah. that they, the thing they kind of love. But if that's the case, why haven't we seen him do anything yet? So I, I'm you know who'd be not. You know who would be great for that role is Pillman Jr. Pillman Jr. looks like he'd, he'd belong in a crew like that. Like, the guy is built. Like put him in there. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, no, no, it makes sense. He's he's a second generation guy, and and maybe feels like he's been you know was lied to and has been kept down. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe Paige and Sky. I mean, I guess the only issue is they wanted to have people who were students from the factory. Um, I'm just there. There just had to be a better choice. Yeah. And then I I will say there were a lot of high points in in this episode of AEW. This uh, promo by MJF was probably one of the best that I he's he's quite a talker, and this yes. is probably one of the ones that you'll see throughout his entire career. Is this promo on Chris Jericho Agreed. very good? Um, the match with Sheeta versus Tay Conti. I Wait, know there I was. I don't want to of- move off the promo yet. They want to go because they were uh, because yes, MJF was brilliant during this, but everyone was good. It, you know, I don't know if people caught it, but I like the whole thing with the scarf. They went from the cashmere wool to silk season, and then, and you know, <laughs> and then, and then Jr. says this is like a scene out of a John Wayne movie, which is sort of a dated reference. It's like you know, it's not macho at all. <laughs> I loved. It. But then I also love that Wardlow picked up on Jericho botching one part of his promo from the week before when he said he's got a 13-cent body and, and million-dollar brain, which was the opposite, and, and which you know sort of makes sense because if the blood and guts match is going to be one show, the whole show is going to be blood and guts, you sort of have to figure that it either needs to end with Jericho and MJF, who really isn't, you know, a uh, endurance wrestler, but he is young. So it might end with Jericho and Wardlow, who at 260 or 270 certainly isn't an endurance wrestler. And so it makes sense for him and Jericho to square off at some point during that match towards the end. Yeah, I just don't know if I can buy all this being a two-hour match. Like, I want to say that they'll... They might throw in another match, and we'll get to that um, when we get to Omega and Rich Swan, and what we think might happen there at Impact over the weekend. Um, Excuse me, what and what? Oh yeah, there, did you know that the AEW uh, title is going to be on the line against the Impact World Title? I mean, no, I was told that I didn't need to follow that. Oh well. We'll we'll get get into that. Okay. That, that apparently is a thing. I know you you wouldn't know because you know it's barely mentioned on AEW, and mentioned every five seconds on Impact. But you know, it's, you mean, it's, it's, apparently there's a 
Impact that got 145,000 viewers going up about 10,000 the week before there. That's right. Title against title, promotion against promotion, biggest pay-per-view in their recent history. Yeah, the forbidden door is open. It just apparently is only a one-way door, and that's putting over AEW. Um, a lot of people talking about this Sheeta versus Tay Conti match. Listen, just because the women's division in AEW is pretty lackluster, this was probably one of their best matches as far as the women's division is concerned. Agreed. However, um, I don't know if you noticed this, Jeff, but if you were watching the match, you could clearly see Sheeta calling spots. Constantly. Um, and that took me out of the match. And while I do agree that Tay Conti has looked very much improved and is definitely probably top 10 in the women's division of AEW, this was one of the better matches that they've had as far as a women's match is concerned. But I don't think everybody everybody should be touting it as like this is amazing. This I know it drew like their their highest rating segment of the week was I think what was it one point one or one point two for this one segment alone, mm-hmm. um, and that's great for both of these competitors. But let's be real here; like this could have been a lot better. I agree. I mean. This was listen. If you like Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, that was probably the best match of the night. But so this would have been the second best match of the night. If you're like me and you don't care about Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, this was the best match of the night. But I agree with you. It wasn't a great match. It wasn't like Bailey Sasha or Sasha Bianca or you know anything like that. But it was it was good. But it wasn't great. I agree with you. Tay Conti is much improved, but she's not great. But she's she's good. She's gotten much better. The best part of the match was the end when Britt came right out with that oversized, um, yeah, no, right. you know, uh, Tron, and it showed that she's, you know, it took two weeks for her to get ranked number one. So that's amazing. Um, I mean, that was pretty funny. But okay, listen, that was the storyline, and just like everything else in AEW, it's in fast forward. So why not? But that was the best part of the match, and you know, fine. It was a good match. It it, it wasn't. It wasn't great. I agree with you, but hey, at least Sheeta defended the belt. It's it's like her third match of the year. <laughs> I like that they made a big deal. Like, you know, she's defended it eight times, eight times, like eight times. But like, in what the last twelve months? Like, that's fucking Brock Lesnar type shit. They said her title reign was three hundred and thirty three days or something like that. So now it's about three hundred and forty days. So it's oh, oh. yeah, it's about eight times in, in about a year ridiculous it's so nonsensical um speaking of more nonsense let's talk about moxley (laughs) i thought you were talking about taz this guy oh i'll let you go on on the taz rant this week again um this guy moxley vince mcmahon was this guy's best like best savior at at keeping him from looking like a complete buffoon and AEW just lets him do whatever he wants and here he is yet again looking like an idiot. Some people on social media was like, oh, he, you know, him and uh, Eddie Kingston, they look like such badasses. They don't look like badasses. They look like buffoons. These, this guy rolls in with a Bigfoot truck and smashes into the elite's trailer. And then is like, let's go beat these guys down. And then nobody's home. This 
reeked of ridiculousness. I rolled off the couch laughing at how stupid John Moxley and Eddie Kingston looked. Imagine, I, this guy wants to be Stone Cold Steve Austin so bad. But Jeff, imagine a world where Steve Austin was talking about he's going to go after Brian Pillman and go invade his house and fucking Brian Pillman's not there. It looks stupid and amateurish. Imagine, you remember that that scene where Austin uh, was goaded into meeting The Rock at a bridge uh, because he was going to toss over the Intercontinental title over the bridge? Imagine if Austin gets there and The Rock isn't there. And, and there's no bridge and there's no water. <laughs> Imagine how stupid he looks. They would never book such a dumb angle because he would look like an idiot. Yeah. Moxley looks like a fucking idiot. Same thing that they did back in November or whatever, whenever he was uh, in this angle with the Dark Order and they stole his belt and he's all like, okay, I don't care about my belt anyway. Like, he's a fucking idiot. Like, what is AEW doing with John Moxley? Well, I have one thing to say about Moxley to build on your he's an idiot point. He had, one of them had like a metal rod in their hand and they're going into a room where they know that there's seven or eight guys <laughs> and the guy with the metal rod goes in second, not first. So that, that, so that, so that just proves it. I, I think it was Moxley that, that, that went in first and Kingston had the rod or, or the reverse, whatever it yes, was. Yes, you're right. You're right. That's how it was. The guy with the bat should have gone in first. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, first of all, like the Jacksons have negative drip. They look like they were in pajamas. Uh, and Nakazawa and Cutler, are they heels now? Well, I mean, they're in there as well. So they're they're there taking up space. So they have to get some camera time. But all the I mean, to make this even funnier, Don Callis and Nakazawa or Cutler. So well, Cutler, because I think he plays like a dungeon master or something, they should have thrown down like ninja smoke bombs and disappeared. Because <laughs> please, yes. That, that would have made it I would be funny. It would have been. Or like just show me like if the if the story is supposed to be the elite outsmarted John Moxley, then show me that scene where they're like giggling in the corner and they're like, we fucking fooled him again. Like or, show me or, show or, me the scene of them being the dog in duck hunt. When you you know when you used to play duck hunt on Nintendo and you missed sure. the duck and the dog would laugh at you? Like, show me that. But right. they didn't show me any of it. And and they could have made it make sense because they could have just been in a luxury RV that was 20 feet away and they honk the horn and go, <laughs> see you losers, you went to the wrong place. And then they drive off. So, I mean, it, you know, yes, absolutely. Because it made no sense. They're hearing the beeping, beeping, beeping and they, they feel the collision. And in 10 seconds, they're all gone out of a trailer. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just dumb. Something they totally Batmaned it. I oh my god, like totally, like they should, were, have had, they should have had fucking Moxley and, and Eddie Kingston start rappelling through the side of the trailer, and then like some old lady opens the window, no, going, "What are I'm you doing here?" I'm telling you exactly what they should have done. They should have cut to a scene inside the trailer, and Riddle is talking to them, and they all disappear because he's boring them. <laughs> Instead of running from Moxley and Kingston, it's just they're escaping Riddle being boring. Oh my god. Oh my God! You could be it's... the bro elite. Oh. 
I can't. I can't with this. Get it, bag. Don Brolis. Oh my God, we could be Don Brol. Yeah, <laughs> the good oh. brothers. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh my God, four twenty has hit you hard this week. I can. I can see Jeff. Absolutely. No, I, I'm, I, I'm I agree with you one hundred percent on that. That was that was diet stone cold, and and there was so much goofiness about it. Yes, it, right. It, yeah. Jeff, if if Austin is Bud Budweiser, this is totally like what's Bud Light? Like Bud Hart's hard seltzer is what Moxley is. Like it's, it, really it, it's like it's like Zima from nineteen eighty seven. Oh my god, it's god awful. I don't think anybody thinks this is cool. Like, oh no, I'm hard pressed. No, there, there's people who think it's this. People think it's really cool. Yeah, no, they love it. Oh Jesus Christ, I don't get it. I don't get it. Let's talk about this main event too. Darby versus Jungle Jim, Jungle Jack, Jungle Boy, Jungle Man, whatever he calls himself this this week. You can talk um, about the match. I'll, I'll only talk about the end because I mean, listen. If, if you if you like these guys and their style, you like the match. All I'm going to say about the match itself is, I mean, how long can they do this? Darby is the Terminator is completely indestructible thing. Yeah, like it takes me out. Like uh, you know. I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. But, you know, I honestly, I like, I know like a lot of people again were like saying, this was the match. This was the match. It was either this or the Sheeta match. But I honestly much preferred Hobbs versus Christian as the match of the night, only because both of them seemed to go over. I know Hobbs lost the match, but he looked like he dominated most of the match. Doesn't matter. Hey. We'll see. We'll see. And, and where was Taz? Was he was he managing his man close close there? No, he was no. sitting there commentary. Where was the rest of the team, Taz? Nobody knows. Well, no, they remember the story was they were barred from ringside because earlier they came out to ringside and they sucked so bad that AW said we had to bar you for sucking. No, I completely forgot that. But Taz was still <laughs> there. He went to commentary. I mean, he could have been at ringside to help this man out. That's right. Listen, I like that match. I like the storyline. I'm more intrigued about that than this whole Darby Jungle Jack matchup. I don't understand this as the main event, but hey, whatever. Um, it is it's what it is. Us. It's for other people. I found it interesting that <laughs> Luchasaurus is trying to help out Jungle Jack, and Sting gets on the apron and then clotheslines him, and Luchasaurus totally no sells Sting's clothesline. Like, isn't that a conversation with Sting backstage? Like, hey, bro, what the fuck are you doing? I know you're like seven foot one compared to me, but you can't be no selling my fucking clothesline. There's that. Then there's that they had the, the two slow motion punches each, and they basically walked hand in hand through the, the tunnel to the back. And then <laughs> yeah. apparently, apparently Sting beat him up so bad that Luchasaurus can't possibly come back to the ring, but Sting could come back. Um I this this whole thing. I mean, Luchasaurus was didn't do anything wrong. All he did was help the guy into the ring, and Sting's acting like he like attacked Darby Allen. I mean, I'm <laughs> not sure who's supposed to be the heel here. I'm not supposed. I mean, the the whole thing was the whole segment was weird, and then you've got Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky coming out to to attack Darby. I, I mean, I, I you know I. I don't know. I mean, I know that they've been there making comments, and I guess it's something for them to do. And then Archer comes out, and 
Jake's a face, Archer's a face, then Sting comes back. I mean, I mean, we all know where the where this is going. I mean, it's 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 just who's who's going to do the job to Sting. I mean, just just make Jake fight Sting. At least they're both in their sixties. <laughs> oh my god! I want to see. I I definitely really want to see like Sting turn heel, and get into a storyline with the dark order where they just recreate the entire story from child's play and sting just wants to take the soul of negative one and switch bodies so he but, can relive but, but you hate lily i see that's see lily is supernatural this is more horror film right so this it's is the same fucking thing uh, it, there's a little bit of a nuance. There's just no. a little bit. Jack the Ripper isn't supernatural. Bray Wyatt cult leader wasn't supernatural. No, he, there's a pentagram, so it makes it supernatural. That doesn't make it supernatural. You you can it makes have... it, There's candles. There's uh, for it to be supernatural. There's got to be a pentagram, some candles. All the candles mean is that the sex is going to be great. <laughs> How did you end up with with so many ex-wives and a bunch of hefty bags full of your own shit being thrown at you? Well, there might have been some overlapping involved. Of the candles or the garbage cans or both? Neither, dummy. <laughs> what what would cause the problems if there's overlapping? Oh, look at you. Wow. See, look how good a boy you are. You didn't even put those things together. I didn't. No, I was too big. Some Latin, some Latin lover you are. Good, good Catholic boy. I'm a Latin Lothario. <laughs> Listen, I, before anyone gets the wrong, I have one ex-wife. Don't stop. Now we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. This is the wrong branding. We gotta brand you as a, a bad boy of the group. I've done bad things, but I only I've got, I've wife. got twenty kids, and you've got twenty wives. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, and I make them all acknowledge me. Um, <laughs> that's right, Roman. Good job. I'm the tribal chief. That's exactly. Any other any other notes from AEW? I mean, we could talk about how Penta only sometimes has a translator and other times doesn't. Um, I mean, we could talk about uh, Team Taz failing twice. I guess we already did, but listen, you know, Starks loses, Hobbs lose. Hashtag Fire Taz continues. Just he's just a complete failure as a manager. Just I mean, it's 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 embarrassing. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. How the Dark Order now seems to be feuding with both the Hardy family uh, office—I think that's what they call it—and uh, Team Taz now, because they're you know rescuing Adam Page also, who apparently is going to now feud with Team Taz. So Adam Page is stuck with the Dark Order, and the Dark Order is waging a two-front war. Though, if they want to do a second Blood and Guts match, and they weren't ready for the uh, Nightmare family versus the Factory. I guess they could do the entire Dark Order and Adam Page versus Team Taz and Hardy family office together, and you could sort of have the even numbers there. I don't want to see that, but it, I mean, at least the numbers work. I'm almost falling asleep with you just mentioning all that nonsense. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's be done with it. Yeah, no, there's, there's, no, there's nothing. That, uh, Miro apparently is doesn't know where Kip is. He's getting tired of it. He wants a title. Yeah, I'd like you to have a title too. I don't know where you fit into the picture, but okay. Because yeah, everyone's where busy. Does, 
Yeah, where does he fit into the picture? I mean, the, the thing is, the only one who's not going to be busy soon is probably Omega. So, I mean, Darby is busy with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and Sting and Lance Archer and all of that nonsense. So maybe Luchasaurus. So, I mean, I guess Miro could waltz into that. But, I mean, Kenny Omega has four thugs, so they could easily be paired off with Moxley and Kingston. This Rich Swan thing certainly isn't going to spill over into AEW. So even if it lasts beyond this weekend, it's only going to be on the impact airwaves. And, you know, I personally think that Moose is probably going to screw his own impact, you know, guy. And that way there's a DQ finish, but it's impact screwing impact. And, you know, they'll preserve it that way. But who knows? Whatever. Mm, mm, that's so, a good point. So Omega will probably need uh, an opponent. And, well, Miro, I mean, uh, you know, why not? It's not going to win. But, you know, if they want to give him a push and say, hey, look who was doing nothing. And now he's in he's getting title shots. Makes it so it makes some sort of uh, some sort of sense. Jade looks like she's interviewing for managers. I don't think she needs one, but I am definitely not for hashtag fire Vicky, and I'm definitely not interested in her joining Matt Hardy. I mean, I don't think he's elevated a single person in the entire organization. By the way, however good the pinnacle was, the inner circle stuff was not funny. It was not interesting in the drag. The inner circle promo was bad. I actually liked the fact that they gave LAX and Ortiz the. Um, no, agree. Oh, that's, the, I was, it, was, I, it was Santana. It was but. Santana. Thank you. Yeah, I, that, that's why I stopped because I was like, no, it's Santana. But I like that they gave the Santana the mic, and he. Ha I think he cut a pretty uh, spot-on promo. The only part that took me out was the end when he was like, "Let's see if you bring your honor," like. Yeah, it's no, not really like you, you should have you should have bring fucking violence. Like I want right. to see if I want to see your heart because I want to fucking eat your heart. Like that's what it should have been the ending. But yeah, that no, was my I, only gripe of it. I I agree with both things, but I mean that promo was dominated by Jericho. But I agree that um, uh, Santana was the high point of that segment, but it doesn't overcome all of that. Yep. Yep. All right, let's move on to news. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for news. We have a lot of news this week, folks. Um, some good, some bad, so in no particular order. Uh, Ronda Rousey announced that she's pregnant, so don't expect her back in the wrestling game anytime soon, if ever. Uh, it I is she's coming back. Okay. Uh, um, who knows? But not anytime soon. Um, Congratulations to, to, to her and her husband, Shrek. Um, we, uh, we at the Hammerlock Hangover uh, congratulate uh, both of you uh, on uh, getting knocked up. Okay. Way to go, Shrek. I don't know why you're calling him Shrek, but all right. Because he looks like fucking Shrek. Like he, look at him closely and tell me that he doesn't look like Shrek. Is he green? Probably after knocking her up, he is. I don't know. Okay, that's great. Um, it is being widely reported that Omos either has or was exposed to COVID, and he's the reason why AJ and some others haven't been on TV. In other great health news, well, we already talked about Charlotte getting dental surgery, but EC3 has been hospitalized 
due to an infection that he uh, didn't get treated uh, promptly. Um, apparently, he got it during an indie match where he was facing another WWE alum, Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. Um, EC3 is 38 years old. And he had COVID and now he's in the hospital with an infection. So listen, I don't want to belittle this when you're hospitalized over an infection. I think it's a, it's a, a staff or infection. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but he's been doing this whole control of his own, his narrative thing. And the show is actually like writing your own narrative. That was the, the name of the show. Um, so he must have been a promoter or the headliner anyway. And I mean, him writing his own narrative hasn't been much better than what WWE was doing with him. In it's a other, shame. It is a shame. I mean, because he, he's, he's got the look and, and he can talk. And I, I don't know. It's just been, I mean, ever since he left Impact, it's just been nothing but bad. Well, I had some high points in NXT, but not even much there. Um, other sad news, former Chicago Bears defensive lineman, former horseman, Steve Mongo McMichael uh, has ALS, uh, better known as Lou Gehrig's disease. To the best of my knowledge, that that has like close to 100% fatality um, rate. Darius Martin of Top Flight, uh, one of the young tag teams, uh, he's having ACL surgery, so best of luck to him. Uh, in neutral, but better news than what we've been talking about, Shane Thorne and Mia Yim have both been reassigned to SmackDown, so Shane Thorne will not be part of this new Hurt Business story, uh, and obviously neither will Mia Yim. Um, gonna, does, that, does this mean that I have to get rid of my Slapjack merch? Uh, yeah. Uh, and there are two suspects for joining uh, Aleister Black as well. Mm. Mm. Um, Major League Wrestling announced it has a TV deal with Vice TV. So as Love of it. May 2021, it's going to be on Vice TV. I think it's going to be either leading into or following Dark Side of the Ring, although MLW is mostly year-round. So that's really good news for them. That's exciting. And, um, you know, MLW is an, an interesting product. Uh, it is. Have you have you been watching it uh, recently? Yeah, I, I watched it actually today or yesterday. But, and, uh, any speculation on, on who you think is uh... – the boss of Azteca Underground? I mean, my dream of all dreams is the guy who played Dario Cueto. And if they could do that, that would be amazing. But I'm thinking with Mill, it might be Katrina. I am hoping it's Selena Vega. I'm hoping it's Thea Trinidad. They can't afford Thea Trinidad. I think they can. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Um, they are also returning for their July 10th show to the 2300 Arena in Philly, which is where they started. Also, ECW was there, so that's a historic arena, and obviously that also means there'll be a live crowd. So July 10th, um, I'm not sure if that is just one show or like their version of a pay-per-view, or if they'll be taping like eight or ten episodes, which is what they typically do. They typically you know, tape over two or three days. Uh, I think it's usually six to eight episodes. And then they have one of their bigger events. Um, in other ratings, SmackDown did 2.119 million. Raw did 1.9 million. We talked about NXT. We talked about AEW. But AEW Dark, which continues to be the casualty of the overexposure or oversaturation of wrestling, or at least AEW, um, Dark this week, 236, 297, 279, all low numbers. And I'm going to say they're even lower because normally – 
we have I record these numbers on Thursday, even though we have been recording lately on Friday. I still record them on Thursday because I watch MLW on on uh, YouTube. So it's just easy for me to do all the, the recordings there. So one more day has passed by and still low numbers. AW Dark Elevation, better numbers, 361 this week. Two weeks ago, 549, and then uh, three weeks ago, 425. MLW this week after uh, theirs on Wednesday or first drops on Wednesday. So after two days, 27,000, not great. Uh, two weeks ago, which was headlined by Mia Muertes versus Alexander Hammerstone, which was a banger of a match. So if you don't watch MLW but you want to check out one match, that's a, that's a pretty good match to watch. Uh, it was. It was really good. Yeah, 82,000 for that show. And two weeks ago, which by the way, or three weeks ago rather, which was a rerun, um, only 51,000. But again, it was a rerun from like 2003. Other news, NWA is having their second pay-per-view. <laughs> I laugh because they have like three episodes and then a pay-per-view. And, you know, well, actually this time they start with a pay-per-view, then three episodes, then the recap. Now they're going to have, I don't know, maybe three to five more episodes than a pay-per-view. Anyway, it's June 6th. It's called when our shadows fall so very dramatic sounds like a vampire movie um that is all the news because we covered a lot of the financial news and wwe news and and in our chats uh did my QAcon early so yeah i think we're good man yeah very good well i mean uh we got through another episode and i don't think we did anything to earn a release or even getting our shit put in bags. So good job to us. Um, let's do final plugs. Jeff, you got anything? Well, I, I would ask everyone if they can to resubscribe to Hammerlock Hangover, but on the Wrestling Soup Network feed. So yes, you'll find it twice. Um, thus, doing so, you will also get Garden of Doom. But if you want to get the Garden of Doom episodes as well that are from when me and Shaw were doing the show together, then you have to go on the Garden of the Doom uh, feed that says Jeff Lippman. Um, but if you don't, uh, you're just happy to, with uh, the catalog that I'm putting up slowly and going forward, then again, the Hammerlock Hangover, the Wrestling Soup Network will get you both Hammerlock Hangover and Garden of Doom. Steve and I are both on Unpopular Review. We do different shows, but Unpopular Review does wrestling content, entertainment content. We have interviews. We have an interview with Shane Taylor Promotions, all five guys. We have one uh, in in the books with Silas Young, which came out really well. We have some. Uh, we have a couple of others already recorded, and we have people booked. We actually booked one uh, just before we went on air, so that's going well. Steve's on Wednesday nights. He does the AEW review. I'm on Monday night. I do the Raw review. Somehow I'm up that late at my old advanced age. Um, <laughs> What else You're do we right. have? Oh, man, I don't know. We, we're, we're busy fellas. We are busy fellas. Please make sure you check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Follow us on our Facebook group, Hammerlock Hangover. You can also find us on Twitter, Hammerlock HO. The HO is obviously for Hangover. Guys, and uh, yeah, thanks again to Wrestling Soup and uh, the Wrestling Soup Network. You can follow Hammerlock Hangover on the Wrestling Soup Network found on Spreaker. Please make sure you... Give us a rating if you like. If you're new to the, the the podcast and you like it, please make sure you 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 like us and you rate us. Uh, it means a lot. You can uh, send any feedback to hammerlockhangover at gmail.com, or like I said, hit us up on the uh, Facebook. 
page. Jeff and I are pretty active over there. So that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening and tuning into episode number 27. We will be back here next week with more wrestling uh, news, content, and review. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a couple laughs. John Moxley's an idiot. And uh, peace out, everybody. Good night. Stay safe. Stay evil, my friends.